Hey, what is good? It is me, your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo, and welcome to Bobo's Block. If this is your first time joining us, I want to say thank you for tuning in to this block party I have every time I step behind the mic. And if this is your 50th, 60th time, whatever, what up, dude? It's good to see you, and I want to thank you for kicking it with me for the one time again. It is another week and another episode of the block. You guys know how it goes. You guys know exactly why I'm here. Ah. Uh, it's a lot to cover, a lot to go over with, but of course, first things first, I gotta let you guys know that this episode is solely sponsored by my Patreon. Patreon is where you can do the most good and the best help for Bobo's Block of Underground Media. This is where our bread and butter comes from, basically. It's where you can go on to patreon.com forward slash Bobo. That's patreon.com forward slash B-O-B-B-O, and you can find multiple tiers. It's ranging from like a dollar all the way to three thousand dollars. If you hit that three thousand dollar mark, you have now become an investor in Wonderground Media Studios, and you might as well go ahead and get your little suit on, get a little cufflinks, get the logo painted on. <laughs> because yeah, you sowing the seed of three thousand dollars a month. Come on, yeah, but yeah, don't pick that, please, don't pick that. It's just a, just a gag one. But if you do, if you do. But um, yeah, we're back again, um, not only on the audio, but on the video as well. So definitely we have this up and going now, like it's a thing, that, it's a thing. <laughs> um, of course, you guys know that I, if you follow me on socials, I put out a big announcement. So we'll get into that to the update. <laughs> so yeah, the update is I have a huge announcement of I will be at Central Florida Comic Con. Yes, that's right. Bobo's Block will be at Central Florida Comic Con this weekend, January 16th, will be the day that my panel or the live episode that we're going to be doing is happening. So, yeah, I'm doing a live podcast from Central Florida City, the uh, Central Florida Comic Con. <laughs> and um, it's January 15th and 16th. Um, I will be at the Hollingsworth B area. And I will be 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, January 16th. You guys can come catch me and be a part of the episode. See a nergasm live and in person. So, yeah, I, I probably may do a rehash of an old nergasm. Or I don't know. I'll figure out how, how I'll do it. It's going to be something that's off the dome. Because, you know, I never write anything down. Never really take the time to be like, oh, pulling it out like an actual influencer and YouTuber. But, no, <laughs> no scripts. <laughs> All vibes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you guys could definitely come check me out at Central Florida Comic Con if you're in the area. You can also check me out because I'm going to try and stream it, okay? If you guys check the YouTube page, you friendly neighborhood nerd, um, I'll be able to try and see if I can go live. If I can go live and like I say I can stream it, you guys could probably check me out on the live on YouTube or if may put it to the socials like Instagram or um, Facebook, just depending, just depending. We'll f we'll figure it out. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Uh, right. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I had a really big, really big match. Like, legitimately, this is the biggest match I've ever had in my life. So, the Duval Brawl Four was this past weekend, and guys, I, I, I rocked it. Like. So, of course, you know, my wrestling persona is the Bold City Beast. And no no better place than the Bold City of Jacksonville, Florida, to be making my NWA debut. Oh, the Love Alive charity and NWA put on the Duval Brawl this year. And I was very, very 
humbled and delighted to be a part of it. I got to meet so many amazing wrestlers, so many people who who I looked up to as, as like coming up as a kid or whatever, and also just like some people who are prolific in the business today. Like I got to meet the world's champion, Trevor Murdoch. Got to meet the man who holds the sweet Charlotte. It's 10 pounds gold. Like it's something that you just like, oh, you can't believe that you're, you're, you're sitting in the same room with some of these people. Like I got to, to be on the same card as Gangrel again. I love wrestling with Gangrel. He's a great guy to sit and listen to and just kind of like just vibe with or so. Um, JTG, uh, Jay the God, he was on the card. We got, I got to meet Crimson. I got to fight Crimson. If you know guys don't know, I've been a wrestling fan for most of my life. I remember when Crimson first debuted in TNA Impact. Like, oh, like he was so cool. And for me to get a chance to fight him, like I, I that that made a highlight of my year. I got to be the biggest, baddest dude in the brawl, and. I'm going to be putting up videos later. Of course, you guys get to see a lot. If you follow my, my Instagram, you follow me on Facebook, or you follow me wherever on social media, of course, you can hit me up at Bobo FNN or Book Bobby Ledger. That's my other wrestling um, wrestling um, account, okay? So Book Bobby Ledger or Bobo FNN, okay? Oh, man, but that was like, I was on cloud nine for, the, for like the last couple of days. So, yeah, you guys... Don't understand how much it means to me because honestly, this time last year, we were at the Duval Brawl, me and my tag team partner Cam. We were still fresh in the business and stuff, of course. We're still fresh in the business. Like <laughs> like it's just we 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 set a goal. We told ourselves that next year, the this year basically, that we would be in the Duval Brawl. We wouldn't just be sitting in the audience, we would be in it and we kept that promise to ourselves and that's something that i honestly will never forget anymore like if you make a promise to yourself keep it do your best to keep it if you can't like I said work hard until you can and to be to be in the same room as like all of these wrestling <laughs> wrestling talent and athletes and, and champions like it's something. It's really something. So I'm really happy about that. I'm really excited to be kicking off my year. But you all, you guys, I'm pulling double duty on the 16th and letting you guys know. Um, the 16th, I'm actually going to be doing two things. Of course, I've got my panel, as I told you, at 11.30. Then I have to head down all the way to Sanford, Florida, from Lakeland, um, from the RP Funding um, Center. I'm going to be heading to EGCW. They have their wired tapings, um, their their wired wrestling tapings, and we're in the tag team tournament. Kissit is going to be taking on Atomic Formula, Brian Atomic and Adam Vale. Of course, we we've tussled with those two before. Hopefully, <coughs> Ooh, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll be able to snag up a win and keep on advancing in the tag team tournament. So I can't wait to see where this goes, but this week is going to be hectic for me. So pray for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it about, about it for the update. Uh, oh, what? No. Um, my little brother had a birthday. I don't know. I, I feel like he listens to my podcast. So I want to give him an official shout out on the podcast. Happy birthday, Nigel. You're officially 18. Don't do anything stupid. Either though you probably already have. I love you. Yes, I said it on on recording, so you have a visual, like you have a visual, and you have an audio recording of it. <sighs> that kid. <laughs> so, um, 
yeah, we, we're going to move on now, and we're going to get into the friend of the pod of the week, week, week. And this week, we have the Wednesday Pull List. Um, this is a comic book and trade review show that you guys definitely need to check out. They, These two guys really are they're experts at what they do. I love sitting back and listening to them talk about comic books. If you guys notice, like I do a lot of nerdy, nerdy friends. I have a lot of like nerdy podcasts that I listen to a lot of things that are very comic book geek oriented. Um, this is no exception. Like go ahead and check out the Wednesday pull list. I'll put their description below in the link. Well, the link below in the description. Jesus, I am out of it. Um, but yeah, this is a comic book duo, of Lex and Simon, and they talk about things that they used to get their butt kicked for. <laughs> um, they have an amazing blog and site that you also should check out. And as well, check out the podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts and anywhere you stream podcasts as well, okay? So um, I definitely implore you to kind of get into a lot of their their ser- like kind of like series of, of comics shows and stuff like that. They have like over 100 episodes. Like, they're on it. I, I definitely, definitely... Um, is one of the the people in the podcast community, especially that little slice of the nerdy geek community that I love to like say kind of listen to and talk to on Twitter or so, and also just kind of love their their recommendations. They really read some amazing books, and like they have this last episode um, that just put, came out, and they have a, a corresponding blog post to it for like the most underrated comics of 2021. Oh, you guys got to go check that out. Amazing, amazing comics pulled out on there. Okay. So, yeah, so that is our friend of the pod of the week, week, week. All right, so now let's get into the nitty-gritty, and let's go around the net. And ATN this week is a little bit, I wouldn't say over the place, but like I said, we have a lot of stuff that we got to cover, so, okay? All right, I want to start off with this topic here because this is something that was very interesting to me because it's always bugged me when I was a kid and I finally have an answer to it. So if you guys know, Michael Keaton is coming back reprising his role of Bruce Wayne in the in the new Flashpoint movie and probably going forward as a old school Batman in the DCEU there forth. So what happened to him the first time? Here, here we actually get an answer from Michael Keaton himself. And also, like I said, this was from um, GameSpot. Michael Keaton reveals why he stepped down from playing Batman. It boiled down to, he was like, it's always Bruce Wayne. It was never Batman. Keaton told the Envelope, the actress podcast, of what, what originally drew him to the role. He always loved being Bruce. And he got into it with, Schumacher, Joel Schumacher, because they weren't really seeing eye to eye on the characters going into Batman forever. So Keaton recalled an exchange with Schumacher reportedly asked the actor about Batman franchise. He said, I don't understand why everything has to be so dark. Everything's so sad. To which Keaton replied, wait a minute. Do do you know how this guy got to be Batman? Have you read? I mean, it's pretty simple. The actor summed it up. I just couldn't do it with Showmarker. He didn't have the vision, basically, that Keaton wanted for Bruce Wayne and for Batman. And and those Tim Burton movies were such a very unique approach to Batman and to um, the superhero genre. Because if you remember Batman before Tim Burton put out the movies, like it was basically, it was basically cheesy, campy, Adam West Batman. That's how people saw Batman. 
And Batman Forever did try to take a, a slight turn for that. And that's also why we got um, Val Kilmer. Because you just probably could not, like, you couldn't see eye to eye with Keaton. And they probably get to get the best or the next biggest name that they could probably find. So, yeah. So, hopefully, there are no, there are no discrepancies or, or, or there are no issues with direction in the Flashpoint movie and going forward. Because I, I honestly loved um the Tim Burton verse and I love Michael Keaton's like I said portrayal of Batman. Michael Keaton's fucking on it back in the eighties and nineties, man. Um but yeah, that was one big thing that I always really like I was really upset with because I was like, well why couldn't we just get him back? Because like we changed Batman so much. I enjoyed Clooney. I I enjoyed Kilmer. But like I said, we, we didn't have the stability that we've been wanting or so. But it, things like that happen. People on movie sets don't see eye to eye when it comes to certain things or certain um, directions that you want to go either with a character or with an actor or, or anything like that. So, yeah, it happens. It it It's inevitable. So, yeah, I'm glad we finally have an answer to what's going on. And it's kind of like what we probably already assumed. But, yeah, I'm glad to have somebody involved in the in the discrepancy say that's what it was instead of us just speculating so, all right moving forward in the docket so um ces was actually this week or the the, the weekend pass or so and there were a lot of huge things that came out of ces one we got a lot of metaverse things we got a lot of people trying to have apps that build into the metaverse um we got a lot of advancements and like the cs is the consumer electronics show you got a lot of advancement in intel in cell phone technology things of that nature you got some drone stuff or whatever but the one eye opener the one head turner that got me was bmw they actually gave us a look at a new concept of color changing cars. Um, when I first saw this thing, I thought it was fake. I thought it was Photoshop. I thought it was like somebody doing a, doing something that manipulated the video or whatever. But no, this is an actual car that can change or fluctuate the color patterns between black and white from what I see on here. Um, and it's crazy. Like, my God. Like, I honestly... Honestly, don't know why we have it, but like it's a stormtrooper type deal thing. Like it, it, it literally changes color right before your eyes. Not playing any tricks. It's not. It's not like doing it. Like I don't know why they made it, but cool. <laughs> I'm excited to see what they do with the technology and if it's something that will be more so prevalent for like say. Um, domestic use or would it be like an industrial militaristic use or whatever i just want to see where they go with it um of course at ces you got a lot of people walking around um and they were very impressed with the if you guys i don't know was i here to talk about that i think it was a it's a robot that was built in um a university study and it had very very realistic uh, facial, facial expressions. I, if I can get a video, I will go and put a post a link down below, but yeah, you guys is a lot of things that came out of CS. Go and check the CS hashtag. Um, and that will definitely be able to give you a little bit of a glimpse of the future. 
<laughs> we always say that things that come out in these conventions are really, like say, a little bit ahead of their time, but you see them now so you can kind of prepare for them in little bites and spurts. So hopefully the things that we witnessed at CES 2022 will be ready for us soon, sooner or later. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So next up in the docket, we have a announcement from Amazon Prime. The Boy Season 3 finally got a release date. It will be released on June 3rd, 2022. Season 3 will see the return of all of your favorites, um, minus the people who died, of course. Um, but yeah, like, I... Not the, I'm not the biggest fan of the boys. Not like I, oh I hate it or whatever. Just having gotten around to finishing or starting, um, season two and like I said, just want to, I just want to enjoy it on my time. That's really all I want to do. And and honestly, Amazon Prime they give you a lot of stuff to kind of binge in between. I'm still waiting on Invincible to come back, but the boys will be a great, great placeholder in June. Um, so check that out, June third. You guys could keep up with the boys now if you guys are caught up like I am. I'll probably take some time between the months and figure out how to catch up on the boys and, and still be relevant on my all my other stuff. <laughs> um <coughs> All right, so next up on the docket, we actually have a little bit of a a little bit of a insider thing from Andrew Garfield. So Andrew Garfield, um he got to talk with a lot of people because he's back in Spider-Man No Way Home. One thing he said, it was very nerve-wracking to continually lie to everybody, but also very enjoyable. Um, of course, that is true for any time that you have to keep a huge secret like he had to. Because him and Toby were literally just telling us, leave us alone. We're not involved in this. Shut up. Shut your filthy mouths. We're not in this Spider-Man movie. And lo and behold. Toby and Andrew were in the Spider-Man movie. But when you have billions of dollars on the line, I would lie too. So I get it, Andrew. Um, but he also said for the first time since slipping back into the Spider-Man suit, he opened up on his grand return. He said, I'm just really, really grateful that I got to tie up some loose ends for Peter that, yeah, for the Peter that I was playing. And that's really true. Cause like I said, we, we always had we always had high hopes or he he had the greatest potential for for finishing a spider-man like I said trilogy but they just never never saw it in the cards over there at sony and he said just the idea of seeing three spider-man in the same frame was enough for me garfield says about spider-man no way home i wasn't expected to ever have a conversation again about potentially playing peter parker but here we are so yeah if you guys saw No Way Home, you saw that they basically they basically had a brotherhood between him, Toby, and Tom. Like, oh, such a lovely such a lovely moment. I'm still, like I said, putting together the bonus episode for you guys, so you can check that out definitely for sure. Um, and once I have the full review out for you guys, you'll hear my full thoughts about Andrew's Spider Man returning and how they played out the character. All right, so next up in the docket, um, very interesting. Someone put out um, at the drunken underscore or at drunken underscore Avenger put out saying, so if Dan Slott ever became available to write DC comics, what would you like to see him on? Personally, I love to see him take take on many of characters as they are as he can, but I wonder what you guys would like to see. And ironically, Dan Slott himself responded. 
<laughs> so this is his list of his top 10 DC projects that he would like to work on. Number one, Batman. Number two, Superman. Number three, Dead Man. Number four, The Brave and the Bold as a Batman team-up book. Number five, The Creeper. Number six, The Demon. Number seven, The Marvel Family. Number eight, The Silver Age Doom Patrol. Number nine, a book about Flash's role gallery just effing around. And number 10, Plastic Man. Now, this got me going because Dan Slott, if you know Dan Slott's work, he would be amazing on a Dead Man book or like something like He takes a lot of the characters that you don't think about, especially in the Marvel Universe, so and just fleshes them out and gives them such depth that you really um really fall in love. Like, say, of course, he loves doing the big characters. Like, he's done a run on Spider-Man. He's done, like I said, Fantastic Four. He's done a lot of the major Marvel stuff or so before. But if you give him the pen and give him the the, the paper to do a Batman or, or a Dead Man or the Creeper, the Creeper would be really fun um, to see Dan Slott work on. I would love to see him also do the Marvel family. Like I said, uh, Captain Marvel and his siblings would make a great book. Um, the book about the Flash's rogue gallery, just effing around really intrigues me because it gives me, um, there's a new movie coming out called the bad guys and it's an animated film. And it basically gives me that kind of vibes like, Oh, these bad guys just kind of, we're focusing on them or what's, what's the new, new thing on Netflix. I want to say it's like crooks or something like, yeah, super crooks. That would be what, what that gives me that vibe of super crooks. So yeah, a dance lot can do no wrong. So definitely I'm excited to see whatever he's done. Um, but if he does get that chance, definitely, definitely please let him, let him run wild. Let him play around again with this. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people were also giving like just society of America, firestorm, um, little green lantern. So yeah. So Dan Slott is top of the list. So yeah, very excited. All right, so let's go ahead and <coughs> move on in the next story in the docket. So there's, it's a thing on Twitch that there are particular, particular little red lines that you can't cross. Of course, everyone knows about the copyright strikes and things of that nature, but with Twitch, this one is a very interesting one. So the Twitch streamer Pokemon was recently banned on the streaming platform for a DC DMCA violation. So if you follow Pokemon, um, I, I, I know that they are a huge streamer who's following for them to be banned for something that they were doing with Twitch is very interesting. So they are our Twitch partner. And within the last, like I said, few days or so they were hosting a 10 hour live stream on their Twitch channel and they were and the views were watching the episodes of Avatar the last airbender this was a twitch supported twitch like I said actual metaverse thing where like everyone can come into your stream and watch something but since it was using copywritten material it actually got stricken down and she was banned so yeah and wasn't a long ban. It was just something very short or so. But that's very interesting because even with Twitch themselves, like 
if you're not safe using the actual beta meta version of the app for Twitch that they wanted you to do because your partner and everything, when are you really safe from these copyrights? It's a lot of, it's a lot of things that are, how can I put like, it's too delicate and it's a lot of red tape and stuff for everyone to always go through for the same old thing over and over and over and over again. So hopefully, hopefully Twitch could get it together and kind of get that back on track or at least to where they won't get these copyright strikes and they will be, they will be able to not be in fear of being banned because enough bans will get you permanent banned. And if someone like Pokemon to lose her following like that, that is huge hit to one, the Twitch community, and also to, like I said, her pockets, like, it's crazy. So, yeah, so hopefully they're able to figure it out, and and when they, next time we report on, on something like this, it'll be something to where, like, okay, Twitch has figured out how to stop, stop getting people copyright strikes for just having music playing or having something in the background or so, because, yeah, it, it fucking sucks. It really does. All right, so, um, Moving into the last two things on the docket. So we actually lost two big names in one comedy and just acting in general. So earlier this week, um, we were informed that we lost the prolific legendary actor, Sidney Portier. He passed away at the age of, at the age of, oh, come on, <laughs> at the age of 94. Um, Sydney has had a very wonderful life. He has been a icon in the black community, black acting community, and he's been an icon just in general in the cinema. In cinema, so to see someone live out their life as he has, it's always a triumph. Very happy to have been able to be graced with his his acting abilities and, like I said, watch and grow up. Like I said, I wouldn't say idolizing. Yeah, definitely idolizing. Yeah, yeah, idolizing the things he's done and living up to he being an actual piece of living black history. It's really dope. And secondly, we were informed yesterday or earlier, yeah, yeah, yesterday, the passing of Bob Saget. Bob Saget is, of course, known um, for his role as Danny Taggart um, on Full House, but he was way more than that. He was a amazing stand-up comedian, one of the hosts of America's Funny Home Videos. He He's done so many things over his course of, like, of his comedic career. Um, he actually, he actually was in Jacksonville last for his last performance, I believe, and I, I hate that I didn't get to see him. I'm a huge Bob Saget comedian fan. He's a very dark and twisted humor, but like I said, he, it's Bob. You gotta love him. Um, both of these names will be sorely missed. Truly. You guys don't know or don't understand the impact these two people have really had on their genre and the industry. So yeah, it's definitely going to be something that a lot of people are going to have to kind of, um, band together and be there for each other with, because these people touch so many lives. So I want to send my condolences out to friends, families, colleagues of both Sidney Poitier and Bob Saget. So, yes, for that, um, we're going to go ahead into the musical break. For the audio people, you will be getting the musical break up and, um, for everybody else on YouTube. See you when we get back. See, you guys really don't get it. 
Not at all. But y'all gonna know this time, though. <laughs> hey. Yes, sir. Check it, beg your pardon. I'm one of the hardest, never resetting. I finished whatever I started. Ain't no need for a bargain. You cashing checks, I'll accept the deposit. You came on short like you're enduring the garden. Like, who the fuck are you guarding? It's 81. Every time that you guard me, it wave five to you fuckers after dropping the charges. A trained assassin graduated from sergeant. No happy endings. Act shine. What the fuck did it cost them? Everything is on the line when you step in the bosses. Finally at the place of winning after so many losses. My aim high, I adjusted the target. Your price dropped like you stepped in the target, nigga, proceed with caution. Uh, yeah. Better endeavors, life is getting better and better. No drug dealers, but we popping up with cocaine sweaters. French and chillers, luxurious pictures with different incentives. You bad motherfucker, cause I ain't been with you. Who? Better than I, the veteran guy. Taking the slice like the American pie. No matter if they fucking share it or not, we taking our spot. Came straight out of the neighborhood and we heading all the way to the top. And taking our tops of rappers who attempting to block. I'm Trey Young in the playoffs, I just needed a shot. It's game time, nigga. Motherfuckers make it so damn difficult, you know what I'm talking about? Poor ass losers. <laughs> but walking in these shoes, right, you? Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. We made this thing work. We make it clean, make it good, you know what I'm talking about? Simple as that, you bastards. Cut! And welcome back to Bobo's Block. Of course, that was LRK featuring Mr. Al Pete, and that song was Culture. Of course, that will be down in the link below. You guys will be able to check that out. Um, support my homie. That is the homie, LRK Chronicle. Like, oh, been rocking with him. I've I've done a few of his songs on here. So you guys definitely know it is always fire when he steps behind the mic. So definitely, definitely, definitely support the homie. And go listen to that um, a little bit more. Give it a few, few streams or so. Um, so let's get into the Nergasm for today. So this one is a little bit different. Um, this one, this episode is going to be focusing on, on not only cons, but just major events in general. So here's what we, here's what we're pulling this from. So PC Gamer put out a article not too long ago that E3 should never be in person again. Um, <laughs> This is this is an interesting article. If you get a chance to read it, it's basically um, it is by Fraser Brown. He is a UK online editor and a tweeter, things of that nature. But yeah, this article goes into why E three has become, or not even why it's become relevant, or how it's it's outgrown its usefulness to the gaming community. There's no point right now with everything the way it's set up that E3 should be put back into major rotation as a in-person con. It was always on the brink, all, like for the last, hmm, I want to say five to six years, it's always that, that talk of, oh, will E3 happen next year? Will we be doing E3? Oh, E3's dying. And even through the pandemic, E3 has kind of gotten new life. Because we were able to do a virtual con and pull it off successfully. If we if we look back on how cons have evolved over the 
over the actual pandemic for ones that are just very ready to get back into the swing of in-person vendor halls and things like that. There are major safety precautions that have been put in place to make sure that it, it will be not a spreader event. But even then, we're still having issues to where someone would come back and we're like oh well i got i got the i got the rona i got COVID, like and then everybody has to go get tested we got to see who they like it's it makes a hassle for even smaller cons because what was it anime nyc we were all hyped we got to see a lot of people that we haven't seen in years come together a lot of people collabed and things of that nature but literally a week not even a week after a couple days after there was the the message hey go get yourselves checked this person said they tested positive. They were all around con, this, that, and the third. Um, E3 is way bigger than that. E3 has always been a behemoth, a bloated behemoth of a convention. Um, even in retrospects of um, C2E2 and in, even in retrospects of San Diego Comic-Con, E3 has been so huge. And for that to come back it would be difficult like because it, it was already on the way out when a lot of the major three um nintendo sony and microsoft they stopped doing keynotes in the in the actual um e3 plaza they would do the off-site key um yeah the off-site presentations or they would do digital presentations especially now with everyone being on a digital platform for their for their their um there are big announcements such as like Sony with the state of play and Nintendo with the treehouse. And I, I don't know what Microsoft does. Does Microsoft actually like, do they do me announce and stuff? I don't know. But yeah, but like you have the big three already out of it. You have a lot of the independent software developers. They are probably more willing to stay home or probably willing to also phone it in. And, and with E3 being, being as bare bones as it is already, it probably would not be the wisest to bring it back to where, oh, we just go back into the Staples Center like we always do. Like, no, like CES is able to pull that off. Or, yeah, CES was able to pull off what they pulled off because they're able to spread their – they're able to spread their influence over a wide variety of industries because the Consumer Electronics Show has a very – forecasting net when it comes out to oh vendors that'll show up vendors that will be able to show off their new technological advancements like said bmw show up buick like a lot of the car people show up a lot of the um camp like it's like it's a it's a wide plethora of things that show up at ces not only just video games not only just movies and things like that or whatever like that's how e3 is e3 has been only like kind of a a very concentrated niche of video games and and computer technology and with that a lot of the things can be done online we've seen even with um comic book and geek conventions dc fandom is definitely a great example of a digital convention that can be done properly and safely even they do have in-person type of experiences dc fandom is generally all online so yeah i'm very 
on the fence when it comes to this because like I said, I do want to still experience an E3. I do want to be able to to get in there and kind of walk the halls or so and go to these panels and stuff. I want to get out of the house, but also for where we are now with the industry for gaming, for computer, um, for computer um, software and hardware, a lot of this stuff can be done online. So let's go ahead and talk again about this article or so, okay? Um, why is it frozen? I swear, this shit hates me. So yeah, so you no longer make sense for smaller studios to compete with the likes of Microsoft or EA, and they can showcase their work with a game more appropriate setting along with a most clo- a more closely aligned selection of games. But yeah, it, it comes back down to what what do we honestly need with these big conventions? So I, 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 I'm going to make it straight up. I had a lot of technical issues just happen. So we're going to go ahead and um, probably try to wrap this up or so, okay? Um, cons are a thing that need to thrive, but they need to thrive only at an expense of the safety of the people. With the Omicron variant and a lot of things that are coming around with just seasonal allergies, the common cold, the flu, and like I said, with coronavirus still running rampant, we have to think a lot more logically about where we will put our ducats. And E3 isn't one of them. Um, It was a convention that was already on its outs at the end, end of the last couple of years, like I said, the last five or six years has always been that conversation that I've had with someone like, will E3 be here next year? Oh, will they do it? Like, oh, but now that it's moved to digital, I think that this is probably the best place for E3 to thrive and live. E3 has been a, a staple for many a years, for many a gamers, and this is where we had those iconic moments of seeing stuff like God of War, seeing things like Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, you, you get to see those big, pivotal games moments but I think now we have a new venue and a new way to experience gaming as a whole so that's where we are at now currently so hopefully we're able to figure out where we are to move forward so I honestly don't want to give up on e3 not as a as a as a as a platform but just like as a a experience on as a whole because like i said there are good things that came out of it but we need to know there are some things that we will have to like to scale back on like little cons that like i'm going to like central florida comic-con those things there's like the rp funding center there's enough space or whatever but it won't be that many people that's a lot of people they were going they were like they want to hold back just due to the virus and things like that like that but i want to be able to connect with the fans connect with people who are out there and and that's why I'm still going to the con, but I will be very precautious of who I interact with, how long I'm there. And like I said, as soon as I'm in there, I'm out of there. So if this was digital, if Central Florida Comic Con was digital, that would have made it even more amazing because you'd be able to set up the studio like I want to, have all the stuff that I want to do or whatever. But E3... Once you hit that level of conventions or hit that level of events, like, yeah, this the best, safest route is to go digital for that. And I fully agree with Frazier um, with his stance on E3 should remain around, but it should only be digital um, and it should be a experience 
held at home. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up from here because like, we're having a little bit of a, a, fo- a little bit of a issue on my end, but I want to make sure the podcast still goes out. I want to make sure you guys still get the full thing from me or so, but I have been your friendly neighborhood nerd, Bobo. Of course, you can find me anywhere you can stalk your ex. That is at Bobo FNN. That's B-O-B-B-O-F-N-N. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. Um, you can also check out my YouTube, Friendly Neighborhood Nerd, on YouTube. Uh, of course, just go to search. You'll be able to see the episodes of Bobo's Block the Two that I'm posting. And also, you'll be able to catch us on my wrestling podcast, You Feel the Casuals, myself and the Dashing Cam. Um, do that about every other Friday. You guys get to enjoy that. I want to thank everybody who has come out and support us and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Um, it's. It's a lot. It's a lot being thrown at me this year. So I'm going to make sure that everything runs as smooth as I can for you guys. And you guys will definitely be able to get an episode every week out of me. All right. If there's something that comes up, I'll let you know. But you're going to be getting an episode every week out of me. Even if you, <laughs> even if it's just like a block party. All right. I want to say that because like I can see myself trying to trudge in and like, oh, they're like, I'm dedicating myself to making sure that we have a full calendar year worth of episodes. All right. We're, we're inching up on big one zero zero soon. Like we're in the sixties, moving into the seventies now for Bobo's block in this iteration. So yeah, it's a big deal. This is eight years worth of Bobo's block that I've been doing eight years of podcasts. It may not all have been consistent, (laughs) but this year will be consistent. All right. So I want to thank you for taking the time out to sit down listening to me and, like I said, hitting the block one more time, okay? So until next week, I will definitely catch you guys here again, all right? Peace.